you are listening to Take Charge Podcast, host by Anthony Joseph. And we are back in a new episode with the one and only Dr. Anand. It's getting really tough to pick up one hour from your week. Thanks a lot for coming again. Uh, we're going to be discussing the new updates, what's happening in, in our city, in our surrounding, and in the Middle East. So first of all, let me start by addressing the major topic going through us and going uh, towards our clients, especially the ones that they don't live in this area. They live in Europe or in the States. Everyone is too worried about what's happening in Gaza and how this is affecting us and how this will affect us if the matter will go further down to be reaching Lebanon and Syria and all of the Middle East. So tell us, first of all, what's your opinion on this? Okay, firstly, it is right for everybody to be concerned because you cannot on a human level accept the, what is being done, the manner in which it is being done. I think that's what's more of the issue here. Yes, you want to go after people who have come into your own uh, country and attacked your people, but the manner in which it is being carried out, I don't think people are really appreciative of that. So yeah. we have the right to be concerned. Again, the Middle East is very uh, intrinsically linked to each other for many, many years to come. So yes, what happens in one place definitely has got the follow-on impact in the other places, especially, like you said, if it widens. Now, I have heard this question also being asked quite, quite a few times, especially in the last two weeks. And there was one bit of advice. They asked me, what should we tell our clients? I said, listen, uh, speculation does not work. Okay, if you speculate, then the client will speculate. You'll keep speculating and both of you could be putting energy into something which might not even happen or might not be the way it's going to happen. So it doesn't help. And the more you speculate, the more is the probability that the client is going to say it is better for me to wait. Because you cannot back up what you're saying with evidence. So what I have told people is that when clients are starting to talk about this, don't try to push and convince that, you know, it will not affect Dubai, etc. That no one's going to believe that. Secondly, don't do any speculation. What you can do is only talk about what you have, which is fact-based and where you can support it. For example, agree, saying that, yes, it is something of concern and the whole world is watching it carefully. But when you turn to the business side of it, even with what is going on, when you look at how real estate has been performing in just the last one month alone, we have not seen a slowdown in terms of the investments and the registration of transfers in the secondary market. I mean, in the last, last month, if you look at the numbers, we have done around 41 billion dirhams worth of registrations and roughly about 9,700 uh, 9, transactions. Now, the war is uh, in the fourth week already. So people are speculating, but it hasn't slowed down the growth. The average month, in fact, in 2023 is 40 billion, 40.6. Last month was 41 billion. So we are at least hitting the average month. So I don't see slowdown in the transactions. The other evidence of that, which is not yet registered as transactions, which will get registered only end of November uh, up till the second week of December, is all the new launches that just happened in the last two weeks. Everything sold out. Even with Aldar, where you can see Emar selling out, Damak has sold out. So all these new launches that are coming, people are still picking it up. And I don't believe for a second that any one of these people who are buying are not aware of the Gaza issue, not aware of what is happening globally. And still they are showing their confidence and they are putting their money because many of the payment plans now, obviously, will be linked to the construction of the projects. So it's not slowed down. 
as yet. So it's the only thing I would say to a client with confidence, because if they ask, where did you get it from? We have the numbers that we can show them. Anything else is pure speculation. And I've learned that, uh, when, especially when you do off plan, it's already uncertainties there around the product since it's in the future. Mm -hmm. And when you have political situations like this, you just bring more of it into the conversation. You actually feed the client's mind to say it's better for me to wait. So don't speculate. Don't even get into these conversations. <coughs> well, I've got this cold, so sorry. For, yes, for, some, for some clients, this is not just about a political situation or an economic thing. They have intense personal religious feelings towards it also. When you start engaging in these conversations in a sales or a business environment, you just don't know how the client would emotionally react to something like that. So in a sales environment, when you're here to help the client get a good investment, I would say you keep it to the fact for now until we have something clear. Okay. Uh, what's happening in the rental market? Rental market is going crazy. Uh, prices, I don't know, it's fair to say doubled or even more than that. And we are seeing a major issue happening in the land department. Like for the past two weeks, I've got almost 10 tenants wanting to file cases on landlords which I accommodated, of course, I help uh, in this field. So basically, landlords, what they are doing, they are sending eviction notice to their tenants by saying, we want to sell the property. And once the tenant is out, they are leasing it on a very much higher price. What's going on? How okay. can we control this? How, they, how can we absorb what's happening? Okay, again, we have seen this trend go up a lot in the last couple of months. You're right about that. So I think even from the government side, they, it's not that they're not aware that this is happening because like you said, people are going in there and they are uh, registering cases. So the land department, I'm sure, is on top of it. They'll definitely come up with something where probably they might put a limit or something saying that even as a landlord, if, even if you issue a notice like this, uh, RERA would given us put, probably be able to put a stay on it and say, by law, the tenant by right has got that one year which you have to give him and they probably will need to enforce that a bit firmly right now. Yeah. So I think that's the only thing that can be done because uh, even if a client, a tenant, a landlord were to go to court, I think with a RERA uh, backing the tenant, it should help the tenant get through that one year. I understand why some landlords are doing it because when you have a 30% jump in uh, rents, in some, in some particular areas, 46%. Ridiculous. But when that's happening, you see, honey always attracts flies. Yeah. Uh, just like you have un unethical brokers or even buyers and sellers, you'll have landlords who will get into that mind space where this is a quick opportunity. Let me grab the money. Why not? Huh? Why not? Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, like, I'll tell you something. You have, we we want to see it in the two sides. So, first of all, as an investor, they came invested into this property before they were not doing peanuts. And suddenly, because of massive relocation for multiple nationalities in Dubai, such as Russians and Ukrainians, made the prices fly out. Now, they want to be following the market price. They are not asking something over a price. However, following the RERA calculator, they are not entitled to do any increase. And if they are entitled, they can, they can do 5%, which is nothing. The 5% is fine. No one has an issue with the 5%. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like, but let's, for example, I have a unit. I'm renting it for 60, but today the market is 95. 
Yeah, the okay. market is 95. Again, like you said, when a building is just handed over or a villa is just handed over, the client can come in. It's my villa. I can ask for 200,000. I just won't find anybody. So I'm allowed to come in. But I think what happens is uh, there is a cap in that particular area. So unfortunately, if I'm going to keep it very highly priced, there's a possibility also that I will discourage anyone who wants to rent to come to me. And over time, if they continue to do this, I think that impact will also happen because they need to understand that if they're not renting out, they're not making any money. You can ask for those wonderful high amounts, but until someone actually gives you a check for that, you're, you're sitting there on zero cash. Mm. And so that will probably tend to happen more and more because people, when they don't have proportionate increases in their salaries and they still have got all other commitments that they have to keep, will be left with a no choice in this situation because I, I don't have the money to be able to meet that higher amount. They'll start moving into the the JVTs, the JVCs, they'll go... Even into, those are not affordable anymore. Doctor, I better. have a unit in JVC, yeah. a one-bedroom, which I've rented for 110000 And... Go back two years or three years back, the the best unit in JVC, the best one bedroom would have gone for 50 or 60. Yeah. No, so what you'll see happening now is it's the same thing that happened if you look at some of the major city like London, okay? Because of the zones, the most expensive being zone one, yeah. people start to move outwards, they shift outwards. So the people who were on a Palm Jumeirah will probably start moving into a Dubai Marina. People who are in a Dubai Marina will probably cross over into a JLT. The JLT guys will probably cross over into further the JVC. They the will center. further go further away. So landlords need to also be careful that what's going to happen is other areas that are popular but not very attractive will now become attractive simply because I don't have the money. So prices will go up in those areas also, but I cannot pay what I was paying previously in Dubai Marina, So, but I can still manage a JLT. So this is what will happen out there. So the, And because people are looking there, obviously the prices are going up there as well. But you will see this outward move, which is the reason why if you look at any of the top cities, look at Mumbai, look at Toronto, you can look at New York, you could look at uh, London, uh, you will find people go more for suburb living, where they go out of the cities completely, and very, very few people will be staying really in the city. That's probably what's going to happen if it continues like this. Uh, I think the bigger unit you want, the further out you have to be. <laughs> it's all. It's not just the unit size. Unit sizes, yes, probably you will get yeah. bigger ones there. But I think it's just the price per square foot that you're going to pay even in terms of rentals. All right. So now I'd rather go out there and do it. Plus, what's happening now, because of Sheikh Mohammed's D33 agenda, Dubai has become extremely attractive. Uh, Sheikh Hamdan had mentioned it last year. He said, we want to become the talent magnet to the world. That only means more and more people coming in. Now, when you talk talent magnets, you're not talking of another secretary coming in or we already have those. It's the AI, artificial intelligence, is gaming technology, which we will talk maybe later, later about that. It is the casinos creating the jobs coming in. It is uh, the, we have the first digital uh, free zone in Fujairah, but so in Rak, Ras Al Khaimah. But all of these are new industries opening up with new job creations. So we're talking of people who will come into industries where salaries will be quite attractive. These are people who will who will have families here, and they will definitely want to be renting out individual homes, not these bed spaces or sharing accommodation. So because we are attracting people in safety here, tax friendly, still not tax free, but tax friendly. 
quality of lifestyle is excellent. Business infrastructure is fantastic. We've got the financial infrastructures, judicial infrastructure. Everything is really, really attractive in Dubai. That's why we are number three on the top 10 power cities list. So when you have all of this, it's only natural people want to come into this city because they can see the future with the doubling of the economy. And all of that is putting the strain on the system, which is actually the reason why there's going to be a shortage of houses every year for the next 10 years. So uh, following what you just said of the shortage, does it mean that the rents will keep increasing as long as there is still this crazy demand? Rents will keep increasing. But what will happen now is a lot of people will sit down. Uh, you see, people who had the potential to buy a home, they could have taken a mortgage. They might have had to do a little bit of an adjustment, but they were still in a position to do that. They just weren't doing it. They never felt the serious need to do it. Mm. You know, people are like that. I'd rather spend that little bit and rent rather than going for this massive uh, commitment. But now, because of the way the rents have been going up and it's going to keep going up as the demand for people uh, is there, a lot more people will start thinking of owning. A lot more people. So what will happen with that is the potential to resell goes up, the price will go up for that, but people would rather pay that higher price one time, buy it for themselves, they will recover that in the in two years rent, so to speak, yeah, that extra in the price, rather than continue to rent because that is taking a lot of money out of their pocket every year and they have nothing to show for it. For lots of people, it's becoming that the accommodation is costing them over 70% of their income. Yeah, so what would you do in such a situation? Uh, let me buy my own. I'd rather buy it now instead of paying 70% every month for the next five years. And at the end of five years, what do I have? Zero. I've helped my landlord pay his mortgage. Or, I've, his or I have simply... <laughs> exactly. So what I'm doing now... So people who may have been thinking I should buy but never took it seriously are becoming super serious now about picking up the property. Because it makes perfect sense for them now. In five years of rent, I can actually own the property. Definitely. Doctor, uh, I wanted to discuss with you what we have seen today in the magazines and articles about Sheikh Hamdan and the gaming of 2033, creating uh, 30,000 jobs 30, coming yeah. in the city. Uh, we, we are seeing a lot of stuff happening between 2027 let's say to 2033, 2035. And following this announcement, and I'm, I'm seeing the numbers that they're creating over 200,000 jobs. I think it will be more. Way more, but yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. following what they are <laughs> announcing now on these numbers, they are over 200,000 jobs. Are we ready in the city to be having this much growth in terms of population and relocation to Dubai? Okay, one thing I have learned about Dubai now, okay, when from the year 2000, when we announced a few plans, we were definitely not ready. Yeah. Because there was an understanding that there would be an aggressive development. However, uh, it surprised everybody in the manner in which, it, I mean, literally what you plan to do in two years, we were doing in four months. So after that, I believe we learned that lesson at us as a city, that the way we planned uh, was also proportionate to how we were going to scale up the infrastructure that was required. So I think, yes, now there is a very different approach because, see, Dubai of today is not as Dubai of 2000. We are in the spotlight. Everybody's noticing what's happening. We can't afford to make mistakes. Earlier, if we did it, a few people here would know about it, but now it's not the case. 
So if you look at the strategy of the government, the way they are working, even with master developers, just talking in terms of real estate itself, you can clearly see all these launches that have happened now are there for a reason. These launches are to take care of supply from 2027 onwards because we're going to be 200,000 homes short by 2027. The, all the launches that we saw in the last three years, the 82,500 units, are the ones that are going to come into the market to take care of the uh, demand right now. We're still short 41,000 homes every single year. So by the time we go into 2028, we're short 200,000 homes. That's why all these launches that are happening, or developers are not going to create upon themselves this mega responsibility for two reasons. One, if people start to see handovers coming in the market and that there is an excess, then the, the next uh, launches in those big communities will not be attractive. Nobody would want to put the money. But now I have commitment to build since I've started selling a phase one, phase two. So I, I'm creating a huge uh, financial challenge for myself if that's going to happen. Uh, secondly, the long-term impact for those developers would be clients who got excited and I promised them amazing returns now. Communities will get put on hold. They will be super uh, late in delivery. This is going to hurt all my future business because my reputation is going to get tarnished. So looking at all of this, they, we know that the demand is there and they are still launching. So this aggressive, because I don't believe any of the big developers are operating separate from the agenda of Sheikh Mahmoud. The, to double your economy, you have to, in a way, proportionately double your infrastructure for commercial, for hotels, for malls, for parks, resorts, gaming, uh, businesses, residential communities, towers, villas, because that infrastructure, if it is not in place, there is no way people are going to come into the city, set up their businesses, new companies open up, will not happen. So it's very important to understand that the strategy that we have in Dubai today is very, very linked to the future when it comes to real estate, I'm talking, because everyone is working in line with the agenda. Uh, classic example, Greenfield Investments. I did a couple of podcasts on that. Just last month, it was announced again that Dubai is number one in the world on Greenfield Foreign Direct Investments, which is something that's really important for people to understand. Uh, everybody understands an FDI but they don't understand what's a greenfield FDI or a brownfield. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit because it will tell you why this city is poised for big things. And the greenfield is part of the infrastructure. When you get a large company, international company, a multinational company wanting to come into the city, typically what was the model they used? They would find a large local corporate and then they would get into an alliance, a joint venture is how they would start up. That's called a brownfield investment, where mm -hmm. there is an um, investment, but you don't have to significantly invest because the local corporate has already got their distribution channels, logistics has been set up, their marketing, brand presence, all of that is already there, and you are going to leverage from that. In a greenfield investment, you start from scratch. For example, Toyota, when they went into Mexico, they did not partner with a local established company. They set it up from scratch. A second Toyota came up there from their factories, from the licensing. So all the marketing from scratch, all the recruitments, all the technology from scratch, all the logistics and distribution channels, the factories, everything from scratch. 
Now, that requires a significant amount of investment. And I don't believe that these multinational companies will do that if they don't plan to be there for the long run. It's too much for them to do. And I'm sure, confident that they have good research. They work with good international advisory, the top four or five that we know, the KPMGs, the PWCs, the Deloitte's. These companies are there. So, and then they come in there. So a greenfield investment coming into a city makes people take notice of the city because it's very different. A big boy is coming in, but not in partnerships. And if you look in the first six months of this year, the announcement was out last, last month. Dubai is number one globally with 511 new greenfield projects that have been announced. Now, number two is Singapore, the best city in the world with 186. There's a gap of 325 between number one and number two. So for every day in the first six months, one new greenfield project was announced in Singapore. Four were announced in Dubai. So why are all of them coming in here? They become part of that infrastructure. The doubling of the economy will come from these giants who are coming in. So the strategy is very clear. Most of us don't look at it, read it, don't understand it, don't see what are all the other things being put in place. And that's why we cannot understand how it's going to happen. Take another example, the Digital Assets Oasis, which has been set up in Russell Kaima. Everybody's thinking is it's because of the casinos. Yes, the casinos were the influence on that. But it's a free zone. We can operate anywhere in the UAE. When digital currencies are the way forward, we now have the world's first uh, digital currency free zone in the UAE. Also, Russell Khaimah is more flexible and is less expensive. When it comes to costing, Russell Khaimah is almost half of the price. Of, That's going to change very quickly. Dubai. Definitely. When, yeah. when people will start seeing <coughs> that Marjan Island and everything coming up, everything will change. Yeah. But for the time being, I do understand why. And I have lots of clients that their licensing are happening in Russell Khaimah yeah. and they're taking it for three years straight. Yeah, no, the reason I'm, I'm bringing these up is all of these that are being set up are future driven. So you don't want to go into the future and then look back and say, we don't have this, let's launch this, let's... You launch it in advance. It's confusing people because, one, people are just not well informed. Now, the government is making all the announcements. They have websites that actually communicate all of this. The whole implementation plans are there. I know because I read these things. But when we don't do it, we sit here and then we speculate. That's what most people do in Dubai. How come? One, doubling the economy. Just 10 years, that's a 10% on an average growth every year. Global average is 2.6%. What's going on here? So they try to fit Dubai against the rest of the world, which is one of the big mistakes you'll make. The moment Sheikh Mohammed stood up about 20, 25 years ago and started speaking, he had already set himself apart from how the world operated. And everything that we did defied the norms of business globally and look at where we are today. So you cannot sit in 2023 after, after viewing what Dubai did for 23 years and then try and take Dubai backwards and fit it in a London, New York, Paris, Tokyo, Mumbai model. We are not any of the cities and we have no intention of being them. We have already demonstrated we are ahead of all of these cities By in all the global years. reports. By 20 years. Uh, doctor, regarding the COP28 happening in the first week of December, we, we are start seeing this impact. Uh, most of the hotels are fully booked. Uh, most of our stock, 98%, is fully booked as well. Um, what do you say about this convention happening? Okay, 
I think COP28 happening here is a good thing. A lot of people are not even aware why it's called COP28. It's all about sustainability, the environment, the future of the world, which is something obviously everybody is interested in. Now, it's it's COP because it's conference of parties. Now, it's called COP28 because this is the 28th year in which it is being done and it's being done into us. So that's why it's called COP28. It's a significant uh, investment, uh, so I would say conference, because it's one of the longest running conferences in the world. It's going to start on the uh, November 30th and go all the way through to 12th of December. That's almost half a month. This is not like an expo, which is very unique as an event. But generally, conventions are two-day, three-day, max five-day events. This is more than 100% bigger or longer than any of the big, long events that we have. So there is a significance to this. You have about 198 countries that are going to take part. You're going to have 61 presidents who are going to be here. Uh, we've just heard that the King of England is going to be in here. The Pope is coming and as yeah. well. And he's, he's going to be addressing and speaking. You have, you'll have something like 2,000 diplomats from around the world. So I think it's really good for this region. The other thing to note particularly is when they select a country to be the host of this particular convention, they, have, they make sure or they see tangible proof that that particular country is an active global contributor to environment and sustainability. It would be ridiculous to run a conference on environment in a country that keeps breaking all the international laws and is contributing to harming the atmosphere. So that is the reason why it is a very strong positive message for us in the UAE, particularly Dubai, because we have been seen as one of those top five countries that are actively contributing, not just now, even in our future plans, which is the reason why having it here is going to be really, really big. Uh, what I think should be done is is brokerages, developers should have strategies on how are they going to introduce Dubai to these people. They're going to have many of these delegates here for, for much longer than they would have them in a normal conference. So it, I think it's a very, very strong uh, statement for Dubai. Good move. And it's our way of showing that to us this matters because the young generations that we have today are very sensitive and care about the environment. When I'm saying young generation, I'm not talking the kids. I'm talking even those who are in the early 20s, 21s, 22s now. I'm talking about me. Yeah, yeah, including you. <laughs> uh, you. You still have a few years to get there to 21. Uh, so these people, it's very important. They want to know uh, what kind of material is being used for their homes that are being constructed. They want to know when they are paying. I'm not paying companies that are contributing to destroying desert life, destroying animal habitats. They don't want that. Destroying the air quality so that eventually my own kids, little by little, smell, I mean, taking in this kind of air, their lungs are damaged. You have the desert inside your lungs rather than outside. Yeah. So they are very concerned about these things. So COP28 is, is a brilliant thing. It's another feather in the cap of Dubai. Uh, I was going through the numbers to see how <coughs> many uh, trade license has been issued uh, this year. Uh, the number was 87,000 and, and change. Okay, uh, Doctor, what is the most rising industry that people are applying for to get licenses in UAE? Okay. Uh, real estate is one for sure because you know, uh, more brokerages, more companies that are can, for example, recruitment companies, more and more are coming in to feed these industries. Hospitality is again going up because there are associated secondary suppliers. 
What I mean by secondary here is those who would be supplying raw material, equipment, technology, stationery, uh, linen, and mm. these kind of things to hotels because we have a massive agenda Definitely. for hospitality and tourism. So naturally, companies that have this, India, China, a lot of these companies are going to start coming in here and setting up. So one is definitely hospitality. The second is definitely real estate. Education is the third one because there's a big drive for education. We want to be one of the best in the world. Artificial. And when you say education, you're referring to schools and universities? All schools, universities, uh, diploma type of colleges, specialist category educations, which is one of the reasons why the six-month visas were introduced, uh, the short-term visas for people mm. to come in, can get themselves educated, pick up accreditations and things like that. I also see artificial intelligence <coughs> will be a massive area where you'll see a lot of companies being set up now. Digital currencies coming up. The gaming will create a lot of uh, industries that are going to be associated with it. We've already seen 30,000 new jobs are coming in. That's not for the... The gambling, but the, just the gaming. We want to be one of the top 10 cities in the world. So I think these are the uh, industries that are largely, uh, probably entertainment will come up a lot. Because when you are now attracting the ultra-rich people in the world, then a lot of leisure lifestyles will become very important. So th these are the industries that I, I think money, finances, would definitely be a big thing. Doctor, uh, were you expecting 2023 or did it exceed your expectations? Uh, it actually exceeded my expectations. In all fairness, you had uh, Russia and Ukraine that did fuel it and support it. But I have to give credit definitely to the government, government because all the strategies very well planned, thought through. We already had the record year last year. It was very clear we will have a bigger year this year. I'm even confident about 2024. The Knight Frank report has called it the year of the Chinese, mm -hmm. and they have projected a 15% increase next year. I think we will go above the 15%. That's the reason why when a Palm Jebelali decides to launch, they know it's not a launch which you will finish in the next two to three months. They're going to be launching all through next year. When an, Aldar, five years yeah, when an Aldar has come in now, it is their first announcement. They've just testing the waters, they put their toes in it. There's going to be more coming. And EMAR is going to go a bit more aggressive. You have, I think, another, another eight launches, eight to nine launches from EMAR just till the end of this year. This is, so, uh, this is a kind of worry for uh, smaller developers, private developers. And I have been having these kind of conversations. They were telling me like that 2023, 2024, there will be just two master communities that will suck up the liquidity up to 75%, which is Jabal Ali, the Palm Jabal Ali, and the Oasis by Emar. So these two mega master communities, whenever it's released, they're going to be taking a lot of the liquidity. So the smaller developers, and uh, when I say smaller, I'm talking about a developer that has one or two buildings. They are trying to come up with an eco-living or something special or by giving a lot of amenities for their uh, buyers or giving an extended, nice, easy payment plan just to be letting anyone, anyone can afford no, You know, properties. I honestly don't think they have to be worried about this. I don't believe a government like the government of Dubai is creating long-term strategy to take care of two or three developers. I don't believe in that. That will break the global confidence in you as a mm. city because you need to have the whole city evolving. So I honestly don't think that the government is thinking, let's have 75% come only it's into this. It's not about the government. Government no. is giving permission to the, all to, to everybody. be launching. So what I'm saying is this. 
what these two are doing is Apam Jabalali was always going to come back at some point in time. It has come back now. That's it. But I think what people need to remember, it's what I said earlier also. Remember, the people are starting to move outwards. Okay, and someone who was putting rent is now looking to buy. So a new batch of buyers will emerge from within the market itself. But these guys can't put the 8 million, 8.5, 11 million in uh, Oasis. They cannot, definitely cannot put the 20, 25 millions on the Palm Jebelali. So a Palm Jebelali, the Oasis is not going to impact these people. They are going to look still for the 900,000, 750, 1.1, 1.2. That is where most of these small developers are operating anyway. If they begin, that's why if they understand how the city is evolving, how the government is positioning the city with all the new people coming in looking for jobs are not going to Palm Jabalali. So if they can read the strategy and then they plan their own future correctly, communicate that, market it correctly, there is a lot of business for them. A lot of business. I think it's a very narrow view if they look at just two, three master communities and say, that's going to take the money. Yes, it will take. Also remember there is a big a, chunk of the money. A big chunk. But there is a completely new set of buyer that's now emerging in the market who was never thinking of buying, was only renting. They cannot be taken by those chunks. Absolutely. Neither will they rent in those areas. So they are yours. One. Secondly, we are attracting 250,000 people a year. They're also yours. So that is there for you. So I don't think it should be that much of a concern because uh, the ultra-high net worths are coming in, right? So you're going to, for them, you need the super high ends. This is the third category of people that we are bringing into Dubai because Dubai as a city has magnetic attraction globally. If you tell people today, I live in Dubai, it's prestige. You couldn't do that before. It was New York or London. People said, okay, you've got it made. But now Dubai can do it. And that's why we are getting the ultra-high net worth coming. So these big ones will take those people. Those people were never going to anyway buy from the small developer. So the market is balanced if we understand it in the right perspective. Are we going to keep uh, this uh, market's trends in the first two quarter of 2024? Uh, the current trend? Of course. The two strongest quarters in the any year is Q4 and Q1. Weather is excellent. There's a lot of activities happening. Even investors who plan their budgets have got a lot of money in the beginning of the year. We have the shopping festivals, which brings half the world to Dubai. The Chinese New Year will be happening. So there is going to be a lot. You can see what happens, right? Hotels double their prices for rooms when the Chinese are coming. And we know that next year is called the year of the Chinese. So you will definitely have a very good quarter. Q Q4 and Q1 both are going to be good. Unless something develops further. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're, we're Which talking we don't want everything to is still the same. Yeah. There is no force majeure. There is nothing out of the picture coming in. Just uh, saying how it is. It is going to happen. I'm excited about Dubai. I don't care. Some people will say, okay, these guys don't know what they're talking about. We've always proven people wrong. Whenever we've said something, it has always happened. So I'm super excited and I'm glad I'm here. And you give, give me a choice today. Do you want to go to another city? The answer is no. Of course, like answers we, no. We're not only witnessing this greatness being built; we're just living it, we're feeling it, and we cannot be more happy to be living in here, enjoying first of all our safety, no headache, uh, easy life, you know, and everything the city has to give us. So we appreciate Dubai more than any other city in the world. And Absolutely, definitely, we're happy to be here, Doctor. Thanks a lot for a beautiful episode. 
uh, don't stay away for long. We would love to have you once a week, but thank you always for coming and see you in the next one. Thank you, Anthony. You are listening to Take Charge Podcast, host by Anthony Joseph.